Who, mama, that was fun. Um, <laughs> it was. I just, I'm, I'm not laughing because I didn't think it was fun. I'm laughing because you said who, mama, and it just, uh, <laughs> like, like it who? was just <laughs> <laughs> who, mama. Two can play that game. Hey, I'm Pete Steele. And I'm Andrew Miller. And welcome to Two Can Play That Game, the podcast for people who have one friend. If you have more than one friend, this podcast is not for you. Yeah, that's right. If you, if you have more than one friend, you're, you're a glutton for friends, you know, and we don't like it, so. Yeah, that's one of the seven deadly sins. Andrew's, <laughs> Andrew is a, a, a huge hater of the seven deadly sins, specifically. He's, you know, yep. he's got like, he's got one of those, uh, what do you call those, those dartboards? He's got seven dartboards in his house, and each each one of the sins is hanging on one of the dartboards, and he just throws darts at it all day. You know what I mean? That's how much he obsesses about how much he hates the seven deadly sins. That's right. Hey, I think darts is a two-player game as well. Maybe we should cover that at some point. Is it? I think it is. It only two? Maybe it is. I think it's just two, but there's, there's probably versions. There's no three-player darts. Imagine if they had five players playing darts at the same time, and but everybody had to throw at the same time. Wouldn't that be kind of cool? <laughs> no. Yeah, that would be dangerous and fun. Yes, I like that. <laughs> At each other, yeah. What about? <laughs> hey, did they ever have they ever played a dart? Have they ever done darts where you hang the bullseye? Everybody wears a uh, a vest that's a bullseye, and then you try to dart <laughs> each other. I'm coming well, out of the game I'm, now, Andrew. This is pretty good. This is mixing laser tag and darts. You know what I mean? Uh, and like I'm you're in an sure. arena. Okay, a- picture this, Andrew. You're in an arena. Yeah. It's dark. There's fog. It's like the aggro crag. Uh, right. but, the, uh, but it's at the mall. It's next to Jason Penney's. Uh, yeah. And you go and you get your vest, and it's just a bullseye. And then you right. grab about 50 extremely sharp darts, and then you sign a contract, you know, like a, uh, what do they call those? Uh, no uh, no liability, uh, yeah, you know, no right. no harm, do no harm, or whatever the, that thing is called, uh, where you, they're not liable. A- anyway, and then you just wing them at each other you know what i mean in there you yeah. pop around a corner and you throw you throw it at their chest i'm pretty sure i might have had something like that as a kid but it was like velcro little balls that you throw at each other I yeah interesting yeah that's kind of yeah. maybe uh for uh, for losers andrew <laughs> hey speaking of speaking of losers we're back people we're back hey. with another episode what who are you who's well where does the losers come in andrew no, just that's like us. over we're here the, over here scratching my head not we're the losers. not the listeners the listeners are winners we're the losers no um. i know i know <laughs> i was playing dumb um right. and sometimes i'm not playing andrew yes welcome back uh folks it's been a little while andrew now your kid is in college now right <laughs> it's been yeah how long has it been since season one it's been uh, about 20 years uh, yeah I, at this point who knows we're recording this far in the past people so yeah uh, everyone's listening to this on their hollow uh pod or whatever <laughs> you know what i mean uh what's what's the world like now I, it's, oh, that's interesting this is like a time capsule well i would assume capitalism is has still has its hands wrapped firmly around the throat of the proletariat <laughs> there we go the, the, you two can play that game drinking game there you go just take a shot when pete mentions <laughs> takes a dig there, at capitalism andrew i'm gonna i'm gonna take a guess and say that we never dug out of this huge deep hole that we've dug ourselves into over the years you know what i mean um 
Hey, well, speaking of digging ourselves into a deep hole, Andrew, let's get right into the first episode of the second season, baby. It's checkers time. Checkers, checkers. Everybody's been checkers. just... All right, people, you can finally stop sending us all those emails begging us to do an episode on checkers, okay? Just stop. Yeah. Our inbox is, is overloaded. I've had that. Yeah, I've had, we've had to create five different Gmail accounts just to, you know... <laughs> Burner burner accounts just to, uh, you know, keep forwarding all the emails about checkers. Right. It's just taking up too much space. And uh, so you can finally stop. We're doing a, a checkers episode. Um, yeah. So, oh, Pete, before we get into this, how was your how was your hiatus break? What would you do on the break? Anything? Oh, fun? it was great, Andrew. Um, I, uh, I slept the whole time like uh, Rip Van Winkle. You know what I mean? Woke <laughs> up with a huge beard. Is that Rip Van Winkle or Rumpelstiltskin? Oh yeah, Rip Van Winkle. Yeah, I'm thinking Rumpelstiltskin. No, that's different. What is okay. yeah, Rumpelstiltskin? Maybe, maybe slept. Maybe didn't. We don't know a lot about Rumpelstiltskin's <sighs> sleeping habits. He just spun no. gold. I think is that what Rumpelstiltskin did? He like stole a baby and then like Oof. ransomed it for gold or something like. Is that, that a yeah. German story? I feel like all kinds of ger- all the all the really nightmarish children's stories are German. Right. Interesting that a lot of modern board games are German as well. So just something it's a, they have. I don't know. There's maybe maybe a lot of darkness going on throughout the <laughs> ages in Germany or something like that. They're always like you always find out that the the story in the original German version is much more violent. You know what I mean? Like it's like we have like the gingerbread well, man, and then it's right. like yeah, but oh, actually the way that originally worked out was he had a bunch of knives and he stabbed everyone. <laughs> and it's like all right, well. They well, must have cut a, that one out, you know? You're right. I think a lot of those stories were to scare kids from going into the woods. and like, you know, like the uh, the big bad wolf and stuff. Don't go in the woods or you'll get eaten or whatever. Yeah, so, a lot of, lot of problems with woods in Germany, it seems. Right, right. Anyway, for for my hiatus, I had a great week. We took a little trip over to Germany. I went around in the woods and... Uh, yeah, so my kids are my, my my kids are missing. I don't know what happened to them, but anyway, Uh-oh. I'm back. <laughs> but that's because you, yeah, that's because you read them. Uh, that's because you basically gave them the Velcro ball vest <laughs> version of children's <laughs> stories, Andrew. You protected them way too much. You had to give them the dart vest, you know, which is the German version of children's stories. They'd they'd still be alive today, Andrew. All right. Well, we're at least five minutes into this show, and we still haven't really talked about checkers. People are just getting so upset here. We're talking about fairy tales instead. So let's let's yeah, get just into the jam- game. just jamming on the fast forward button until they <laughs> yeah until they hear about these beautiful red and black discs that everyone loves so much. Andrew, mm-hmm. just sum up checkers in one sentence, will you? One sentence explanations. Okay, one sentence. Ooh, that's tough, but I will say that Checkers is the the original game of the light squares are lava, Checkers. Oh, I like that. I like that. Yes, yes, the light squares are lava. I used Andrew, to play this game. Do you, is I, that true? Now, do you you never touch the light squares? I never thought about that. No, you only use the dark squares in Checkers. Yeah, that's you're only using half the board. You're only using half the board. Why don't why do they even, you know, <laughs> make I used to the play. board so big they should have just condensed it right i used to play when going to the local grocery store as a kid i used to play that uh you know you'd be have to tag along with your mom or whatever and i would they had a, like a checkerboard linoleum on the floor and i'd jump on the dark squares the light squares are lava so that's, yeah that that's why your mom always called you you know mama's little checker you know what i mean that's that's right chubby checker that was me that, also chubby checker you're right she was a fat shaming mother yeah 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 <laughs> andrew 
My sentence is checkers, a game your four-year-old makes up out of pieces from other games and then walks away from five minutes later. <laughs> oh, that's harsh. You know uh, what I mean? This is the, It just seems like the kind of thing like on a rainy day, he, you know, your kid brings out all the Legos and then all the board game pieces, and then he's like, I made a game. And you're like, all right. And he's like, first you you jump, you push this here, and you jump here, and you go, uh huh, uh huh, and then they just like see a balloon or something like that on the TV, and they walk <laughs> away and never come back. You know what I mean? Yeah, and then you're left to clean up all the all the checkers. Yeah, I guess. Yes. Uh, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> now and you're like, I, can... I wish you would just walk away. You know, hey, do you ever yeah. think about? Uh, there's some. I heard there's some pretty cool stuff going on in the woods. You know what I mean? And then before you know it. <laughs> You don't have to clean up another thing in your life, Andrew. Know what I mean? <laughs> there you go. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, <laughs> Pete, I can already tell this is going to be one of these episodes. We've had these episodes before where mm. you're going to be really uh, not a fan of this game, and I'm going to be also not a fan of this game, but yet still defending the game uh, against me. This... Yeah, you're in right. the, you're the middleman on this one. Yeah. <laughs> Like no, it's not that it's not that bad, Pete. Okay, it's not. I mean, it's not, it's not good. I'm, but it's not I'm that throwing bad. these huge darts, trying to throw these huge darts at checkers, and you're like, you're you're trying, you're continually trying to hand me Velcro balls, and you're like, would you use these instead? You know what I mean? Right. Yes. Exactly. Don't be so hard on checkers. Okay, and I'm like bad. nine, Andrew. <laughs> uh, so Andres. For, I don't know for, what what would Andrew be in German? What do you think? Well, I don't think that's a see. Andrew comes from it's like a Greek Roman type of name, so it's not Andreven. I don't know. It's not in the German uh, language. I don't think it's more huh. in like sp- Spanish and Italian and stuff like that. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Uh, pretty sure. Yeah. Well, Andrew, when you're playing checkers, <laughs> it's pretty simple, right? You got a okay. checkerboard, like you said, and you put uh, there's like two rows of checkers yeah. on, on on each side. Twelve you on pick, each side. You pick a color. And then you just advance them one square at a time, right? Um, Diagonally, yeah. Diagonally. And then um, if you are ever, if you ever have a checker that's situated right next to an opponent's piece, you can, and then there's a, a free space on the other side of it, then you can essentially jump over it to the piece right. on the, uh, to the open spot on the other side of it. And that captures the piece that you jumped over now you can link that up into multiple jumps if you can if it's set up that way if you have a path where you can jump over one and then you could possibly jump over another you can do that um but you always have to be moving forward right you can't you can't jump backwards right Um, that is true in the way that we play it basically the i guess the u.s version of checkers i think there are some international versions of checkers maybe it's called drafts sometimes overseas um and sometimes some of those variations your normal checkers can also move back but in in the way that we're most familiar with here in the u.s you can only go forward unless andrew you make it all the way to the back row the other side of the board um the back row of of your opponent's side of the board then your piece becomes kinged they king yes. you. You say king me, and they put, you know, another piece on top, another checker of yours on top of yours. It becomes a double the size, and then yes. uh, that one can move in any direction it wants. One space, move backwards. It becomes it gets superpowers. Which, by the way, I want to say about the kinging me thing. Uh, I used to love as because I played a lot of checkers as a kid. I haven't played it 
hadn't played it since I was a kid until we played several games in preparation for this show. Uh, yeah. But I used to I used to love it. Brought back the memory of putting two checkers together. We had these like plastic checkers that had little ridges around the end, and oh. you could f- fit the ridges together and then like kind of like move them, you know, like, yeah. rotate them. Oh yeah, like that. I mean yeah. every every you know person with OCD right now is just going Oof. absolutely nuts about this. It's bringing back waves of memories, Andrew. Yes, you and I. Yeah. Uh, this is exactly you know. Well, what are those videos where it's like uh, so so satisfying? So yeah, satisfying. Right. Yes, exactly. Yeah. These checkers, the fact that they fit together like that with those ridges, is very satisfying. Now the set we had as a kid also I noted I remember that uh, one side of the checkers was blank and then the other side had like a little imprint of a crown on it so if you if you didn't want to do the stack yep. up thing you could just flip it uh, a lot harder to see not as fun as stacking them though yeah I don't know why you would want to do it that way but yeah 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 now as you said there are tons of different variations of this game out there so we are playing as Americans at playing checkers which actually a lot of I think almost. Uh, in almost all of Europe, they call it this game drafts. Um, yeah, spelled spelled with a G H. Uh, drafts like right, kind of like way. draft beer. I wonder if it's an right. allusion to draft. You know what you would play in the pub or something like that. Maybe um, the the way that you win the game, Andrew, is you basically just capture all of your opponent's pieces, or you make it so that there's no like legal move for them. Right. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, or, and then that's it. Then it's over. Or, Really, I mean, that's how we've been playing, but uh, really, I think you, you can forfeit. At, at once you realize, like, oh, he's got, like, three kings, and I'm just, you know, I'm done here, so I just forfeit yeah. the game. That's probably yeah, right. how, how most If you're a coward, you can, you could, right, you could forfeit any time. <laughs> yes. Um, let's see. Oh, by the way, when I was looking up the history of this game, I also noticed that there are variations, we said, with you, where you can... Uh, jump back there's there was a pretty popular variation where and i think this might be played in some tournaments where it's like forced uh captures where if you can jump over a piece you have to jump over a piece did you see that one? yeah i know yeah, yeah no I, I read about that too and actually i read that that is that that actually is a base rule that most people just don't play that the that the house oh. rule variation is to play without it i don't know if that's true or not honestly but um yeah. but every everybody basically there were a lot of people in the reviews reviews saying like this game is is nothing unless you play with this rule. You have to play with the force capture rule. Uh, yeah. And if and if you don't, you're not even playing the game and stuff like that. And it's just kind of the thing where you're you read it and you go, "Who cares, bud? You care way too much about this." You know what I mean? Uh, no, I we, think that no, no, no. See, no, I think I think that might make it add a layer of difficulty to it because maybe some. Sometimes you might not want to capture because that then they might be able to capture you back. I don't know. Yeah, it it does make it a different game. But I was doing the calculations in my head, and I was like, it just makes it different. I don't know if it makes it better or worse, honestly. And mm. and also, no one cares. Uh, so uh, yeah, there, I mean, we should we should try it at some point with that variation. Right. But uh, but also, I'm also not, it's not going to break my heart if we don't. You know what I mean? There's also a variation called Flying Kings, where when you're a king, not only can you move backwards, but you can slide like a bishop multiple spaces. Ooh. Did you see that one? Yeah, I think that they. I think I read that that's popular in like Russia. They play that. Now way. that does um, make it more fun because one of the things that's so boring about this game is that you just move one square at a time. So the idea right. of like sliding around does uh, that to me opens up a whole new, it, I don't know, vein of adventure. It seems like it would make the end game go a lot quicker if you could do that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because you're right. the The tedious part of this is that just moving one space at a time is kind of brutal, especially when you know that you've already lost yeah uh, that's it is just... it is an incremental march this game and yeah, it's right. i don't know 
But anyway, Andrew, talking about incremental, tell me about all the increments that uh, led up to this game being made, baby. Give me, give me the, <laughs> give me the play-by-play of the birth of this game, straight out of the womb of uh, civilization. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, well, as usual, I I did research the history of this game. Uh, this game was published in 2015 by Uwe Rosenberg and Lookout Games. Uh, <laughs> No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, this is one of those. This is one of those ancient games, um, which we. And this is a long history, so I'll try and go through this kind of quick here. The okay. earliest evi- the earliest evidence of this game is dated back to around 3000 BCE, so about 5000 years ago is our first archaeological evidence. Which I feel like that's kind of seems to be the shelf life for most board games. I think Backgammon was similar to that one when we did Backgammon, um, and I think Go was around the same time as well. So it's like. They're all kind of fighting for the oldest board game, but anyway, um, what were they doing fa- before that? Know what I mean? They were just probably yeah. uh, they were just doing it, I guess, a lot. You know I, mean? <laughs> I guess it was found in uh, Ur. Well, you are. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Ur or Ur. The in, first uh, nerds, uh, five thousand years ago, was the dawn of the first nerd was born. <laughs> yes, found in Mesopotamia, which is in modern day Iraq. Um, and it was played on a five by five grid, uh, and that's how it was played for a long time. It was um, played by a lot of Arab cultures, and they called it Al Kirk. Not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. It's A L and then Q I R Q. There's no way Al-Kirk. in the world you're pronouncing that right, but go ahead. Kirk, maybe I'm not sure. Um, so anyway, the game uh, moved to Spain with the Moors, and uh, in Spain they called it instead of Al Kirk, they called it Al. Kirke, which is spelled with the Spanish uh, spelling, which I, I noticed the spelling. It's like Q-U-R-Q-U-E. It looks just like Albuquerque, but without the B-U. And I hmm. thought, wait, is Albuquerque somehow related to the game of checkers? And I looked it up, and it's not at all. So it's a, totally <laughs> something different. So, um, But I just thought that was interesting. Anyway, in the 12th century, someone... So we're talking like 1100s here, is that right? 12th century, someone in France picked up the game and decided instead of a five by five grid they picked it up and said hey we i'm gonna play this on a chessboard." so they already had a chessboard, and they expanded it to 12 checkers on each side and oh. thus thus the game that we all know and love so much uh was created all those wow. many hundreds of years ago um so yeah and the the first world championship was held in like the the mid 18 i think it's like the 1850s or something like that um and uh, a lot of these games were ending in draws, they found out. So in tournaments, they have these rules now uh, that they've had since like the early 1900s where it's like a deck of cards and you randomly pick a de- uh, card out of the deck and it tells you what your starting moves are going to be. So I think the current way they play is like three moves. So it tells you what your first move is, what your opponent's first move is, and then what your second move is. And that's how you start the game. Because otherwise, everybody plays the same... Everybody was playing like the same exact game over and over and over again and always ending in a draw. So this way, oh. it makes it makes it so that there are literally like thousands of different um, openings, different combinations that you have to play. And then you can play from there. So oh, that's like probably a good sign about the game then, that it was <laughs> essentially broken. And then they had to come up with a whole other game to play to even pl- make it playable. Right, right. They had to they had to force you to make bad moves in the beginning of the game, and then uh, 
and then play from there. <laughs> That's kind of how that works in tournaments of checkers. Cool. Yeah, cool. Uh, the version that we play is called Open Open Free Rules or something like that. And so uh, you can start however you want. So I guess that's fine for just casual players like us. But if you're really good, that's not not good enough. There was an interesting story that I read, actually, about this game. So a lot of people say now this game is officially dead, right? It's officially broken uh, by computers. There was a story about the... He was like a world champion, Marion Tinsley. He was a world champion for like 45 years. And in 1994, he played against a computer program built by a professor at the University of Alberta, Canada, Jonathan Schaefer. And this was before the chess computer and obviously before AlphaGo and all that. So this is kind of the first uh, first big computer versus world champion type game. They played several practice games, all ending in draws. And But before the big official match, Tinsley found out that he unfortunately had had uh, cancer and he withdrew from the match and he passed away a few months later so it was like wow they never got to play their big official world championship match now schaefer was so obsessed with finding out if his program could have beaten tinsley that he decided to break the game and and be able to beat anyone so he ran about 100 desktop computers at once over the course of the next 10 years doing calculations to find every possible position that the board can be in which is some dang that's a lot of dells dude you got a you got a dell (laughs) dude you got a hundred dells dude yes i don't know no one's gonna no one's gonna get that reference man (sighs) i mean i mean if they're our age i guess they're gonna get the you got a dell reference but uh, every other every other child listening to this right now is like i have no idea do you remember gateway computers and they came in like a, a box yes. that was like a cow? It had like a yes, cow print dude. on it. Cow yes. print on it. I absolutely yeah. do. That was our first computer. It was a cow print computer. Um, so anyway, this in 2007, he published his results and the game was officially solved. Uh, you can guarantee if you follow these algorithms, you can guarantee a draw at best, no matter what. Uh, so I don't know. I guess the game is dead. I don't know. But chess... Cool. Great game. For reference, <laughs> for reference, chess is not even close to being solved because uh, there are just, first of all, you have twice as many spaces that you use on chess. You have uh, more pieces. I think there's 16, right, on chess? Right. Instead of 12. And um, the pieces can move all kinds of different ways. So chess is not any, there's just way too many positions for chess pieces to be in on a board to right. calculate that. And, and we've been over Go. There are, you, you literally, I think it'll probably be impossible for computers to ever figure out every position on a Go board because. Uh, yep. Just more, something like more positions on a go board than there are atoms in the universe or something like that. So Woo! checkers of those three, checkers is clearly. Now, that being said, there are, checkers was probably the most complicated game to ever be solved by a computer. So it wasn't nothing. I mean, it was 10 years of okay. work, but but it's it's solved. So Yeah, 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 right. Yeah. I wonder what that guy does now that he's, he's like, oh, well. I'm, the I'm second done. most complicated game to be sold by computers is how to make those dancing hamsters for the Kia commercials. You know what I mean? But they, <laughs> but they solved that one too, Andrew. And uh, as you can see on your TV, you remember uh, hamsterdance.com? You think that still exists out there? Ooh, I kind of do, but I kind of don't, honestly. I think I think my a... brain replaced hamsterdance.com with the dancing Kia hamsters and. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I only had well, I only ha- had so much room in my brain for you know, dancing <laughs> hamsters. Those hamsters were great. Um, yeah, and speaking of great, uh, let's get into some reviews, Pete. What do you say? You want a review on this? 
review on this. Okay, Andrew, I do want to review on this. Let's go ahead and read some people's reviews of the game of checkers and then assume who the heck these people are. Andrew, this person <laughs> gave it a 2 out of 10 and they said, boring AF. Playing checkers oh. as an adult is an admission that you're tired of living. Andrew, <laughs> can confirm. As an adult who just played multiple games of checkers and is now recording an episode of a podcast where I'm reviewing it, I am, in fact, tired of living. No. Uh, this person well, is okay. correct. <laughs> you All right. Checkers is a little monotonous. I'll give you that. But there's a, there is some strategy. You get... You start to learn some things as you play this person is no, 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 no. This person is basically just put their thumb on the people that play chess, not the game. They're not even talking about the game. If you're an adult and you're playing chess, you're on your way out, baby. You know what I mean? Oh, checkers. checkers. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. I gotcha. (laughs) Andrew, this person gave it a 2 out of 10, and they said, never, ever liked it. Even as a kid on camping trips, I would usually wander off instead of playing this game. So, Andrew, this person preferred to get lost and maybe never find their way home again to playing checkers. Now, this this is like uh, what you said as your one-sentence summary, right? It's like a kid who sets yeah. it up and then wanders away. And yeah. also wanders away into the woods, which, as we know, there are big bad wolves out there. Let's um, just let's so. hope it's not Germany, yeah. This person really does not like checkers. Okay. Yeah, they're risking life and limb. There's got to be a few good. Re- There's got to be a few good reviews you found, right? No. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe Andrew. We'll find out. <laughs> Andrew, this person gave it a two out of ten, and they said, "Imagine chess without difference between pieces." Okay, I'm joking. Anyway, I don't like this one, <laughs> Andrew. Aww. I like this person's joke formula. Okay. Uh, they basically like say something that's true and then they say, okay, I'm joking. Know what I mean? (laughs) It's good. It's good. It's like, it's like they say, uh, I'm hungry and I want lunch. Okay. I'm joking. Going to make myself a sandwich now. (laughs) (laughs) Andrew, this person gave it a three out of 10 and they said only fun to play extremely casually. And Andrew, I just love the idea of playing checkers uh, extremely casually, quote unquote. Know what I mean? Like it's, I, I picture somebody being like, "Hey, you know, I don't know. Maybe let's play checkers, but also maybe not. I don't really care. You know what I mean? But also, I'm setting it up, and maybe I'll move here. But like, I, I don't know. It's no big deal. Maybe I won't. Maybe I have though. You know what I mean? Just like as casual. You know what I mean? <laughs> They are admitting that if you try and think about this, you get a little too into it because there is some strategy. That's what they're admitting. Like, oh, I care, see. If you don't care about it, then it's fine. But if you do care about it, mm, there's, there's a little more to it than just on the surface. That's what they're saying. Okay, that's probably what they're saying. They're probably saying this is actually a very deep and good game. And, uh, yes. But, but, but it's only if you pay attention to it. You're right. That is probably what they're saying there, Andrew. Yeah, you've, good you've, point. You've got me. No, it's not a deep and good game. You've got me defending a game that I don't really like that much. <laughs> now we're talking. <laughs> Andrew, this person gave it a three out of ten, and they said, "We'll play with kids if pressured." And I just love picturing like a five-year-old pulling a gun on this person and just being like, "Set it up." You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> we'll play if pressured. It's like, all right, chill out. I don't know if a kid's gonna pressure you necessarily. You know what I mean? 
<laughs> uh, well, Pete, you clearly don't have kids because there is some pressure to uh, to do things that they want yeah. to do. So. Oh, I see. I see. They're, I mean, I, I, I feel like being a dad, I, I feel like I could be a hostage negotiation person now. You know, it's like uh, <clears throat> there's a lot of negotiation that goes on in, in being a parent. Oh, I that. see. OK, OK. Yeah. And what do they what do they threaten you with? It's just like ruining your day, I guess. Right. And they are very capable of doing that. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. just just screaming at a high pitch volume uh, is enough to be like, OK, fine. Yeah. Just, right. Whatever you want. <laughs> set up checkers or i'm gonna scream in three two one yeah (laughs) andrew this person gave it a three out of ten and they said if i am ever an old man and playing this regularly then i know that my time has come (laughs) okay andrew oh come on here we go again i think this is an interesting trend we're seeing i i like this too i i like the idea of like a kid like you know running into the kitchen and being like Mom, Mom, I saw Grandpa playing checkers four times this week. You know what I mean? And she's like, oh, no. Well, sweetie, he's going to a better place. <laughs> uh, these are these are written by board game elitists who don't have time with checkers. I'll say that. They're, they're that could be one checkers. way of looking at it. Yeah. Looking mm-hmm. their nose, looking down their nose at checkers. Okay, whatever. Yeah, that's probably what it is. It's probably, yeah. Like, when, I, when, I'm 80, when I'm 80 years old, I want to be playing nothing but Ticket to Ride. Yeah, give me a break. Okay, buddy. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, this person gave it a 4 out of 10. They said, my grandfather was amazing at this game. Me, not so much. Okay, Andrew, was your grandfather amazing at checkers, or were you a child? You know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, Yeah. My dad was probably the best baseball player I've ever seen. And it's just a fat guy in jeans just swinging (laughs) wildly, you know, has a beard. it has a beer in one hand swinging wildly with one hand at a ball. And they're like, wow, <laughs> Hank Aaron. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Yep. Uh, Andrew, this person gave it a four out of 10. They said, just one of those traditional games that is dull. I am sure back in the middle ages, it was something to marvel. However, with the plethora of two player Euro games available, this pales. Andrew, I honestly think even in the middle ages, People found checkers boring, Andrew. They were probably like, yes, yes. Even in the Middle Ages, Andrew, they were probably just like, they were like, I'm going to go drink a lot and throw rocks at windows. Uh, I don't want to play checkers. You know what I mean? (laughs) No, I think this was like, uh, come on. They had no other entertainment. They didn't even have books for crying out loud. They got if they got rocks and they got windows, Andrew, they got something more entertaining than checkers, I'll tell you that much. If there's geese around that they could chase, that's you know. Andrew, this person gave it a four out of ten. They said, For those too dumb to learn chess? Well, it's been around since eleven fifty and was probably played with camel poo back then. I'll give it props. Now this review is all over the place, Andrew. I don't know if they like Whoa. it or not. I don't know. Uh, I don't. Also, it looks sounds like 11:50 was not when this was made, too. So I don't know. They just they pulled all this stuff <laughs> straight well, out of the thin air. 11:50 might be that. That's why I said that in France they they made it into the 12 versus 12 on the full size board. There. That's oh, okay. That's... So this guy's just like an an Anglo centric. You know what I mean? You're right. Just... <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. I gotcha. Uh, yeah, I could see that because he also makes the reference to camel poo and stuff like that, which seems vaguely tinged with racism, too, I, I'd yeah. say. So, yeah, I think we've nailed that one pretty much. Now, call me crazy, Andrew, but uh, 
I don't believe they played this game with pieces of poop back in the day. I don't know if you found that in your review or not. So I think this person is also just very wrong. I mean, they did have wood back then, Andrew. You know, but there's all kinds of things you could have used: uh, rocks, wood, rocks. Uh, as we acorns. as we said, if a rock, if somebody throws a rock through your window, now you got a new che- a checkers piece. Know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Literally, now you're, both, poop would, now you're both doing what you want. Know what I mean, poop would probably be last on the list, even back then. I mean, I think poop just, would be last last on the list. And this person does not think so. Somehow, I think this person has like kind of a twisted worldview. You know what I mean? Like, what what do they think that uh, they just did everything with poop back in the day before they had like <laughs> official tools? You know what I mean? Like, his his review. You know, he's like writing a textbook and he's like, man, surgery is crazy, especially when you think about the fact that they must have done it with poop tools back then. You know what I mean? <laughs> crazy old racist probably this guy anyway andrew this person gave it a five out of ten and they said like chess but for smart people and andrew in this review the word smart is misspelled which is maybe the most (laughs) checkers thing i've ever seen baby Come on with that. Chess and that's it, people. Andrew. That's the only, That's the reviews, baby. It never got above five in this in this segment. <laughs> they, you saw you saw better reviews and you chose not to use them. I, I did, but it, they but... were few and far between. I gotta say. Okay, they weren't funny enough or whatever. And I'm they sure. were not. Well, yeah, they were. They were just uh, almost unintelligible. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them were, but yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, I'm glad that we just uh, reviewed on this. That was a nice time. Yeah, it's always good to review on this. And it's always bad to choke on this. Andrew, let's choke on this. Choke on this. Okay, why don't we go ahead and choke on this. It's been a long time since we've done this segment. I'm That's right, that. Andrew. It wouldn't be the beginning of a season of Two Can Play That Game if we didn't do Choke on This. And then well, at some it's... point early on in the season, we just forget all about it and leave it behind. <laughs> we used to do this like every episode, and now I it's... Know. Uh... Yeah, well, I think it's well. Now it's a tradition now. So now, if and when we do season three, we're gonna have to have choke on this in the first episode. So That's right. You said it. You said it. Now it's it's tradition. <laughs> um, this is the segment where we're gonna review how easy it would be for a child to choke on the pieces of this game. Legal disclaimer: Do not try any of the following at home. Yeah. So, uh, what do you think, what do you Andrew? Think? I well, I think. I think, yes, it's very chokeable. Um, you need to put some holes. You need to drill some holes in the middle of these because they could fit just perfect just perfect enough to block the uh, block the windpipe. You know, especially if you try and swallow swallow a king. That's two at once. It's going to be tough to get out of there. So, oh, wow. I think, I think it's very chokeable. I think, I think they need to invent... I think they need to invent lifesaver checkers. So it's like it has a breathable hole in the middle. Oh, uh, oh I see. Yeah, 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 I see. Uh, that would be good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then also make them winter mint or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, perfect. perfect. Yeah. To encourage to encourage them to stick them in their mouth. I, yeah. I heard that. I heard that if you chew on a checker piece at, uh, in the dark, you see sparks. <laughs> that is true for those winter mints. It, it does do that. Is that right. true, or was that just an urban legend back in the day? No, I no, I definitely like have pop done rocks that and uh, coke or whatever you do that. No, I never did that one. But the the mint the mint thing, if you chew on a mint in the dark, yes, it does spark. I've done that multiple hmm. times. Interesting. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, Andrew, I don't know why. I it is true that I don't have kids, and that would probably be why I think that it's impossible for a child to choke on the game of chess <laughs> oh, I get, no. or checkers or whatever. You know, whatever the hell the game. Whoops. 
whatever game this is, Andrew. Um, yeah, so maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I should continue not having kids because I'd probably give them checkers anytime they want it, basically. And they want it all the time. They're like, let me get some of that to chew on. You know what I mean? Honestly, um, I think I was under the impression that that's why it's so ubiquitous, Andrew. Every you know household in um, the United States has checkers at some point when people are growing up. And I think it's just because tired moms and dads are just like, here, play checkers. I got to go do something else for five minutes. And at least I, I know you won't choke on this. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I think I think it's just too big, Andrew. You know what I mean? For them to get the whole thing down. That's that's what I'm saying. Dr. Pete's in the house, baby. And I'm telling you, I got to remember to put the legal disclaimer on the front of this one, Andrew. I, it's been a while since we've done it. And if I don't put that there, we're up the river, baby. Yeah. Um, um, Andrew, say, parents were I'll like, s- I love everything about this hot new game chess, but my kid keeps trying to inhale all these pawn pieces. This is how I see right. it going, Andrew. Right. And I've been losing kids left and right. Like they've been like the, like, like, what am I, the forest over here? You know what I mean? I've been losing kids left and right. And so <laughs> I think chess was known as the world's deadliest game back in the day. And then, so checkers was made in response to that, Andrew, huh? How about oh, that for okay. some history? Yeah. Um, yeah, that sounds like it's real history there. That's good. I would say, um, I don't know. I just think you're wrong. I think that we're, they're very chokeable. I think they could get right in there and uh, huh. choke a kid. Pretty easy. Although, you know, we should also put a legal disclaimer on this because we might get sued by uh, checkers and rallies for saying that people can choke on their food, you know? Like, yeah, well, they can, them. they can come for me. I, I, you know what I mean? I, uh, what, are they going to throw <laughs> fries at me? You know what I mean? No, thanks. I watched a whole 10-minute YouTube video yesterday when I looked up the history of checkers, and that came up. It was like, yeah. why are why, why are some restaurants called checkers and some called rallies? And it's like, oh, they, they they just merged. They like they had the same idea for a restaurant, like drive drive through only, and then they merged. oh wow oh interesting, and that that's but, it. But they yeah, but they kept the names because people they didn't like you know call it something different because people were just used to their restaurants. So some oh. are called checkers, some are called rallies, but they're they're the exact same thing. Uh huh. And this YouTube video was five seconds long. Ten minutes. Ten minutes. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. Okay. And you said you do have kids, and yet you're wasting ten minutes watching a video about checkers and rallies. And I was getting. Hmm. Interesting. I, hmm. I watched meanwhile, it with Meanwhile, were, your kid is. Meanwhile, your kid is choking on a, a checker piece. You know what I mean? While you're watching, <laughs> watching <laughs> the history of checkers and rallies. You know what I mean? No, they they were begging me to uh, to go through the drive through at Checkers, and uh, so I was like, "Oh, okay." You okay. And you were like, "Hold on, while Daddy pulls up a video on you know wh- why it's they were called like, Checkers." Well, they, yeah. Then I was trying to drive through rallies, and they were like, "They were like, no, we want Checkers." And I was like, "Listen, it's the same thing, okay? Let me show you a video about it." So that's, right. That's how. I, right. right. Putting it on the uh, headrest uh, TV or whatever in the back of right. your minivan, and they're exactly. <laughs> One of these YouTube families, you know what I mean? Like uh, some some five-year-old who like lives in a mansion because of YouTube money, and they open up <laughs> slime, and it's and talk to you about checkers <laughs> and rallies. Oh, I wish. Oh, Andrew, you know what I wish? I wish you would answer the door already, bud. Somebody has been ringing that doorbell for the past. Uh, five minutes for the uh, yeah. and I know because it's it's been happening for half this video on rec- checkers and rallies I've been watching <laughs> in the background. <laughs> All right, uh, sorry I didn't want to interrupt your video. That's why I didn't answer the door. But oh, uh, let you. me go. Let me go check it out here. Uh, who is at the? Who could it be? Who could it possibly be interrupting our show? Ah, it's Doctor Fraser Crane. Doctor Fraser Crane. 
Well, come on in, Dr. Fraser Crane, and help us count down the top ten phrases that you'd hear somebody say while playing checkers. Number ten. King me. Number nine. Somebody king me. Number eight. Uh, king me? Oh, no. Number seven. You gonna king me, punk? Number six. King me? King me? Number five. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, king me. Number four. King me, baby, one more time. Number three. Well, stack my checker and call me king. Number two. Anakin, king me like you did by the lake on Naboo. Number one. Are you freaking kinging me right now? Hey, folks, just wanted to take a quick break in the middle of the episode to remind you that two can play that game now has a Patreon. A Patreon? A Patreon? Pete, what's a Patreon? Patreon is an alien from the planet Pet Petros. Just kidding, <laughs> Andrew. I couldn't even couldn't even keep a straight face through that one. Patreon is, of course, the website where you can go, Andrew, and people can pledge a monthly payment to us, basically, um, it, as a way of saying, keep up the great work, and also, they can also demand prizes, basically. <laughs> wow. Um, and so what what they get in, in you know in exchange for giving us some a little bit of uh, De Niro uh, Robert De Niro every month is uh, things like access to bonus content, um, access to some goods, literal physical goods that we send them, access to possibly a game that we've created, all these things, um, access to just a community of of people. Uh, who uh, support the show that they wouldn't get otherwise. So, um, wow. look into that. Uh, you can find us at patreon.com forward slash two can play that game podcast. And you can look at all the different tiers, all the different um, options for you in terms of money that you'd want to send us from almost nothing to too much, honestly, <laughs> and decide what's right for you. Well, you heard it here first, folks. So, patreon.com, that's P A T R E O N, patreon.com slash two can play that game podcast. And now, let's get back to the show, Pete. Okay. Chess break. Okay, it's time to take a break from playing checkers. And instead, we're going to play chess. Why? Because we have an ongoing game of chess that we have been playing since day one of this podcast when we did a show about chess. And it's still going on. Years and years later, we're still playing chess. Can't believe it. Yeah, that's true. Still playing the the same game of chess, by the way. Andrew. Right. Not just that we're still playing chess. <laughs> you thought checkers was tedious. Well, wait until you see this game of chess. Um, anyway. <laughs> wait until you listen I've... to this segment, baby. We're still doing it. Andrew... Let's spare the audience and get right down to it. My knight's going to take your knight on e5, baby. Oh. You're knightless. You are knightless. See, that's a big problem for me because I love to use my knights. I know you and, do. And, uh, wow, you're just taking that knight right away. Okay. Taking um, the knights out from under you, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I knew that was going to happen. Now, it's been, it's been how long has it been? Six months, maybe, or ten years? About I'm ten sure years, when this is, yeah. Mm-hmm. When this is, episode's coming out. But um, I remember saying last season that uh, I was you were getting close to checkmating me, and I had, uh, now I forget, I had maybe delayed it by one turn. That's what you were saying, yeah. 
Yeah, but now I'm looking at the board and I can't remember what I was thinking, so I'm gonna have to study it some Good. more. Um, but yeah, you're you're coming in. I got nobody protecting my king up in the corner. So I know, I know it's great. It's uh, trust <sighs> me, I know, and it's great. Andrew, you got tons of time to think about it, bud, because uh, we can't even take your turn this episode. We got to move it on. Oh, really? Okay. All right. Yeah. I guess I'll just have to do that next time. Yep, next time for that. And as for right now, baby, it's time for an acquaintance call in. Let let me let me pick up my iPhone. You know what I mean? Just Whoa. like <laughs> Yeah. Let me <laughs> let me pick up my mobile if I were maybe in the UK. I don't know where they would, you know. Yeah. Um, yes, they'd be playing they'd be playing drafts over there though. Let me pick yeah. up my mobile and play drafts and talk to an and acquaintance. That's right. It's time for acquaintance call it. Acquaintance call in. Yeah, that's right. It's time for an acquaintance call in. This is the segment on the show where we talk to someone who many shows would refer to as a friend of the show, but for our show, that would just be disingenuous. So let's talk to an acquaintance, just someone we know. Andrew, who do we have on the line today? Well, Pete, thanks for asking. Uh, we are very excited to have on the show today person by the name of sean patrick kane game designer and just all around interesting guy so uh sean welcome to the show oh hello hello thank you so much for having me <laughs> our pleasure so uh, uh how's it going i mean uh what what's new in your world here well things are going very well um my uh partner and i are just hitting the 12 month mark of living on the road in a tiny 1957 trailer uh Whoa. so that's been an exciting way of spending a year of global catastrophe and you know isolation uh we're right now i'm coming to you from a small town of north carolina um right outside of kind of like the raleigh durham area and i am super excited to talk about this very real game of very fake chess that i wrote yes 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 so um andrew discovered your work sean on twitter specifically when you were posting about it this game that you have created called fake chess um, yeah. and then we immediately were like, we're going to have to talk with Sean at some <laughs> point. And when we decided to sit down here to begin our season two, to talk about checkers, which a lot of people might refer to honestly, as essentially a fake version of chess, basically, we were like, <laughs> now's the time we got to talk to Sean, basically <laughs> tell us a little bit more about fake chess in general. Like, what is this thing, Sean? Sure. So Fake Chess is a game that I wrote that was inspired by a weekend binge of The Queen's Gambit, right? Um, ah. a, a show that I kind of sort of liked. And I feel like most of my design work comes from places of like, oh, I kind of sort of like that thing. Let me think about it for a while. Yeah. Um, and uh, I just started thinking more and more about how chess is one of those games that you see a lot. It's just like one of those things that like, in terms of the cinematic representations of it and the kind of the cultural space it occupies there. It, it's held to such a high standard and there's so much kind of gatekeeping and complexity and authoritarianism kind of around how you play and who can play and all this other stuff. And also it's always just something that looks really cool when you see people playing it, even though it's almost all 
from my perspective, as someone who kind of knows how each of the pieces move, but has no understanding of actual chess strategy or opening or end game or thing like that. Um, it's all gobbledygook. Like, it, like I don't know yes. anything about what they're doing. I was like, Oh, that looks so impressive. And so mm -hmm. I wrote a game that basically allows the players to be those very impressive looking chess players um, while not needing to know any of the rules of actual chess. Uh, you play it with a real board. Um, you have, you know, that very fancy clipboard that you'll see in tournaments next to you. Um, but you aren't bound by any of the rules or strategy. You are picking up pieces. You are slamming them down. You are taking other pieces. And the game itself kind of directs the player to act in a certain way as if they know exactly what they're doing and is as if they are just brilliant chess students. <laughs> and it's not totally, because I, I did download the game. I'm, I'm looking, I thought, this is just pretending, right? But it actually is kind of a game. You, you really do have to follow some rules. Um, but there, it's much simpler, obviously, than real chess strategy, right? Um, exactly. The fun of it is kind of being dramatic with it and uh, all that stuff, right? Totally. So there, it was written originally for the Not a Game Game Jam. <laughs> um, ah. which kind of encourages people to think outside of what a game could be, right? And I recognize that this is totally both not chess at all, and also it is totally a game, just not a chess game. Right. Um, you know, as a player, you would be actually making choices. Some of them even might be strategic based on the rules of the game, um, but you don't have to know anything about chess. So for example, um, if you wanted to capture your opponent's piece, on your little player sheet, you might have to do something behavioral. You might have to kind of, in a huff, stand up and pace the room for 30 seconds. Or you might have to make up a strategy and complement your play your opponent's opening uh, with some total nonsense phrase like, oh yes, the bigot's gambit, of course, right? And, yes, and yes. You, that's how you kind of get your special moves and that's how you move. And so there is gonna be a winner. You actually do play a game. Um, the end of the game will be when one person normally kind of takes the other person's king, though there are options for surrendering and falling in love with your opponent as well. Um, but it's kind of all built around this idea that from someone else's perspective, if someone watched you play this game, they might be convinced that you actually are playing a really intense game of chess. That you're a so, chess master. Yeah. Yes, yes, I love it. It's, it, it is a hyperbolic representation of chess from the outsider's point of view right um exactly. everything everything you do is in the in this game of fake chess that you have created sean is like you said it's an it's an act really it's a lot of act outs it's a lot of um making it look to those who are perceiving the game as though you are both locked in with an intense strategy you are you have a plan, which you don't usually, um, and that you know what you're doing and you don't usually, um, and that it's very intense and it's not usually. So it's like, it's, it's, it's all it, hence fake chess, right? That's, that's, it's, it's so fascinating. And I know Andrew, you specifically, when you have made a connection to checkers that I think is very interesting, um, because of what Sean has kind of, um, pulled out of chess, for his game of fake chess, there is like a connection to checkers in your mind. Well, really, I was just looking for an excuse to get Sean on the show. But yes, there is a connection to checkers. Uh, I was thinking, you know, when you see checkers, because checkers is probably, besides chess, it might be, at least in America, it might be the next most common uh, game to see, like in a TV show or in a movie or something like that. And you always see people 
finishing a game of checkers by maybe jumping three checkers in a row, going click, 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 click. That's game. And the other person's like, oh, what? You know, so surprised. Yes. When Pete and I now have played um, several games of checkers just recently, um, unfortunately. And uh, it's <laughs> never quite like that. It's, it's always like one space at a time. Maybe you'll get like the double jump, but it's never the triple jump, especially not to end it. Um, so I just thought it, it, it's kind of a game that is more dramatic when you see it on screen than it is in real life. So that's kind of what I thought you were going for with fake chess. That's absolutely um, right, right. And right. when you watch, like, when you watch checkers on the screen, it's always the camera does a lot of work because the camera will obscure the whole board so that when you, the victor, take like five jumps in a row, you know, we're like, oh my god, how did he possibly read the board like that? Well, it's like because we we saw four squares, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. it was obstructed there. We know yes. that that couldn't possibly have been that shocking to anybody in the room. So, yeah. so Sean, do you think that maybe? Uh... Uh, your next title might be fake checkers. Is that is that on the horizon here? What are we thinking? A great question to ask. So the um, by the time this episode comes out, I will let you know <laughs> that I will have released the sequel slash expansion to Fake Chess. Oh, and this is called Fake Chess Book of Champions, and basically nice. it leans into the role playing aspect of it even more. Where in the original Fake Chess, everyone has the same basic set of performative moves, right? So you mm -hmm. kind of insult your opponent, or you slam a piece, or you take a deep breath and count to 10 before you move, right? Um, in this expansion or sequel, basically, you have a number of role-playing game type playbooks that will allow you to play as a certain style. So if you imagine Lawrence Fishburne in Searching for Bobby Fischer, like the really active, energetic street hustler, um, or, you know, um, the main character from the Queen's Gambit, kind of drug-addled and kind of seductive in the way they think about the board. Um, you have an option of playing as a chess computer, which involves you putting <laughs> a cardboard box on your head and beeping a lot. Um, and so it'll allow you to kind of flex those performative muscles and really dig into some of those tropes of like what chess looks like on screen. Um, and I'm really, really excited about it. Uh, I love it. Perfect. <laughs> I love it. It's it's great. I think I think that what we're seeing and when we boiled down checkers and chess, specifically from the point of view of the outside observer, is that it appears to be simultaneously both very strategic, intelligent, and also kinetic. We always see pieces slamming about, and I think that's exactly what you have latched onto, Sean, which is which is wonderful. Sean, you mentioned the fact that leaning into the role-playing element, you have also created a couple of other role-playing games um, in your time on this planet with us. Um, so I know <laughs> that that is uh, a, a sharp interest of yours for sure, role-playing in general. And I know that you have created um, like a, a campaign for a, a little bit more of an ob obscure role-playing game um, and that you also have created your own game um, Long Haul 1983, is that what it's called, Sean? That's right, um, yes. Where, um, which is a fascinating um, game, solo game, where you role play as someone traveling across uh, the United States, I believe, right? Um, yeah, the and, geography is kind of oh, right. ambiguous, but Good yeah, point. sure, United States. Purp yeah. Purposely ambiguous, which is great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. But during that time period in the, in the early 80s, 
Um, and you end up creating like a travel journal and things like that. It's a pretty um, a, a, a obscure um, idea for a game and, and very, very cool and very interesting. Um, and so I think if someone were to look at your creations, Sean, um, they might assume that you're a person that just kind of sits alone in a room a lot. <laughs> Is that true? Because I know I am that kind of person. So, I, you know, it takes one to know one. Know what I mean? Yeah, I think that's right. I think a lot of my work does involve that kind of kind of reflection, maybe. But I yeah. also think there's a lot of performance and embodiment in all of the stuff that I make, right? And yeah, I think that yeah. might be the thread that ties it together. I think fake chess is really an obvious one, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but when you think about Long Haul 1983, which is a solo game where at the end of every day in the game, your character, who's a long haul truck driver, who has found themselves in the middle of a kind of emptied out world amidst an kind of unknowable catastrophe, um, they find a payphone and leave an answering machine message to someone they love very much. Mm -hmm. And so the game story actually unfolds as you, the player, record these answering machine messages. And so again, there's this element of like, well, where is the line between creative writing and storytelling and gameplay and character, right? When you are actually literally making these recordings and you end up with this actual product, right? Um, I wrote a scenario for a really lovely uh, game, Brindlewood Bay, which yeah. is the story of kind of awesome, super cool older widows in a small fishing town solving mysteries and kind of uncovering you know lovecraftian horror that lies mm -hmm, underneath mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. and what's really powerful about that game is that when you start a scenario you are presented with the mystery and the gm of that game does genuinely not have a solution what they do is they feed the players kind of clues and almost non-secular clues and okay. it is up to the players to work together to kind of weave a story that successfully bridges these things and so oh. the scenario could be the mystery could be solved any number of ways the way you do it is by actually making a convincing case for how these things connect right so cool. again wow. the line between like what the character is doing what the player is doing is really blurred in that moment and mm -hmm. i'm really really interested in things like that Right. I was thinking a lot about what we were going to talk about today. And I was like, well, what's like the origin story behind fake chess besides like watching the Queen's Gambit. And I realized <laughs> that I went through a period of my life where I had a very, very deep fascination with harmonics rhythm games, um, oh. the original Guitar Heroes oh, and then wow. Rock Band and things like that. Yeah. And that's fake chess. Right. When you think about it, <laughs> yes, right? when yes. you pick up a guitar in that game or when you sit behind the drum set, you are both making music and not making music. Right. And yes. the, the rules have been simplified and some of them are totally unrelated to what you're doing. But nevertheless, it gives folks the impression that you actually are kind of embodying this rock star. Right. It's not yeah. just what's happening to your avatar on screen. And so I love those moments. I love, I think as a game player and a game designer, I'm really drawn to those things. Yes. So maybe you should have called it uh, chess hero. Maybe that would have like been oh. a little more spicy. I don't know. The second sequel, the, the final part of that trilogy is definitely going to be chess hero. <laughs> or, or maybe they should have called it fake guitar 
player or something. I don't know. You know, that had to be on a whiteboard. They're like, yeah. what do we call this? Yeah. And they're like, I don't know, a fake musician. And they're like, yeah, yeah. Right. like mm, that's not going to sell. Uh, <laughs> well, you're you're kind of we're kind of talking about like skirting along uh, copyright uh, issues there, uh, <laughs> which which leads me to my next question, Sean, which is that you you call your game fake chess. You think big chess is coming for you? They're going to sue you? I mean, that's a great question. I will tell you, this is an aside that might have nothing to do with anything, but I know very little about chess besides like the basic moves and as a movie nerd, like all the kind of cinematic representations of it. Yeah. Since I published this game and, you know, candidly, since I started like, you know, every couple of days Googling it to see who's writing about it, um, yeah. I have discovered that fake chess as a phrase is actually this very awful kind of like very toxic, very oh. kind of misogynist uh, kind of gatekeeping thing that people use when they watch other people play chess in a way they don't like, right? Wow. Uh, I think the equivalent would be kind of like um, when I was a kid playing Mortal Kombat and someone would get angry at me for like sweeping the leg too often. Yeah. And I'd yes. be like, well, dude, that's the game. Like, yeah, I'm yeah, sorry. Like, right. that's, like, I'm having a great time and I'm playing by the rules. Like, I'm sorry you don't like it. And they're like, no, that's like, right. that, that's, that's cheating. That's not real. I'm like, that's not cheating, dude. And right, right, it right. turns out that people use this term fake chess to do that. Like, they'll see uh, someone who, you know, is doing something that they think is a bad strategy and that person ends up winning and they're like, oh, that was, that was BS. That was just fake chess. Oh, and that's so unfortunate. I love the uh, fact that kind that, of, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to, we got to change that to a, make it a positive thing exactly you know what I mean? exactly yes. so we're really demolishing the gatekeepers with this game that's like yes. the real punk anti-authoritarian tilt to what i want to try to accomplish with fake chess yeah. i love it oh that's awesome <laughs> now i think we could go even further there's a lot of unfortunately there are a lot of gatekeepers out there in the uh in the board game uh world I'm, i was thinking about maybe other classic games that we could make maybe we could all collab on a fake version of you know like oh yeah i was just thinking about back in the day i used to play a lot of like clue with my family you know my grandparents and stuff so i was just thinking you know fake chess has all these all these things that you act out so maybe in something like fake clue you know you you could uh get extra points for getting mad and flipping the table or something like that. Or, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. Or, you know. or, or, or like very like strongly accusing somebody, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, uh, totally. pointing a finger, you know what I mean? That kind of thing. Or like turning, shutting the lights off, you know what I mean? Uh, or dramatically. Yeah. You get points for being the person who guesses way too early, who obviously yes. has no idea what the hell they're talking about. Yes, right? yes, 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 yes. Or in Monopoly, like, like just, just sticking money under any corner of the board and, mm -hmm. you know, picking it up at random times, things like that. So I think uh -huh. there's something, I think you've hit on something here that really could, you know, we could get on a lot of people's nerves with all these kind of things. Oh yeah. yeah. And I'll give you one, Andrew, hearing you talk about this. Oh, good. Fake Dungeons and Dragons. All right. Yes. Okay. So it's a game with tons of gatekeeping. It's kind yep. of needlessly complicated as a role-playing person. I, sometimes am indifferent to and sometimes kind of loathe the culture around Dungeons and Dragons. So mm -hmm. fake Dungeons and Dragons is not that you're playing an orc. It's you're playing a D&D &D fan playing an orc. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so yeah, yeah, you yeah, have yeah. to play as someone who really loves and is into this game. Yep. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that a lot. I think that's great. <laughs> um, Sean, you, you made uh, the excellent connection between all these things that not only you create, but also like about how, uh, I guess how I would sum it up is that the performance aspect is not just a side thing that you can decide to do or not. It is very much 
woven into the fabric of the game itself. Like you were just mentioning Dungeons and Dragons, you might, when you play Dungeons and Dragons, speak in your character's voice, or you may not. It really doesn't matter. It won't really affect the game either way. You know what I mean? You might dress up as your character that day, or you might not. It really won't affect the game no matter what. The game itself is really rolling the dice and then adding everything up and seeing if you beat somebody. The performance is just optional, whereas the stuff that you create and really seem to enjoy, it's not optional. It's really it's part of the experience, but also part of the game mechanic itself, which I think is great. Um, and so when I think about fake chess, I, I wonder to myself, Sean, like, have you had experiences playing fake chess in public uh, yourself? And if so, what are some of the best reactions that you normally see when you or, or, or if you or if you know someone who has played fake chess? You know what I mean? I'm interested in seeing what the actual the other side of it is, the people who aren't in on the game watching it. Yes. So I've had the opportunity to actually watch a couple people stream fake chess which is pretty much a lovely chaotic mess of people just going (laughs) crazy and dealing with the fact that they are trying to play a streamed version of chess usually on a platform that wants them to obey the rules and so there's this whole other level of nonsense to it um i did get to actually as i was writing it kind of practice and play uh with a few people and what I loved about it was that the moment you step away from that little piece of paper that tells you exactly what you're doing, um, the paper that kind of tells you exactly how to perform and how to act and which piece Mm -hmm. to move and whether you should capture and stuff like that. The moment you step away, it really is hard to tell. And I think that was the thing I was most excited about. I was like, if I gave this to to random people who are not experienced role players, who are not like, you know, super into even this idea, could they somehow still pull it off? Could they still look convincing? And yeah. the answer is yes. I think because like <laughs> it's just kind of, no matter which direction you go, if you're like looking at that page with extra consternation and having trouble deciding, that's what a chess player does. If you're moving with like flippancy and total authority and almost like a, you don't care attitude. Awesome. That's chess. That's what it looks like. (laughs) You you can almost not go any wrong direction there. Yes, 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 yes. And that's a very good, important part. I mean, sometimes there are games that people make that are kind of role-playing games that uh, people just don't feel a connection to. They don't feel like they can do it because they haven't taken, you know, improv 501 for a a million dollars or whatever at their local (laughs) improv theater or something like that. But I, but you have made this one very accessible in, in that um, they just simply, you know, like you said, they read the instruction booklet. They keep, they can keep going back to it and going, Oh, I can do that. I can like breathe really hard out of my nose while I stroke my chin for a second. You know what I mean? Like I got this, no worry. I, this is, this is how I think of chess anyway. You know what I mean? So I'll just do that. So, and I think the accessibility point is really strong because i feel like kind of like what you're talking about with other role-playing games you know some people are very into like first person kind of embodiment of their character other people i think i do this most of the time much prefer like a third person narration of their player characters Mm -hmm. um and the secret is like normally it that not only doesn't matter but normally like the actual way you do it doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter how good I am at actually flirting in real life because when my character flirts, the dice will decide whether it's it worked or not, right? Yeah. And so I feel like allowing people to understand straight off the bat that it doesn't matter how good you are at chess, but it also doesn't matter how good you are at acting. Like this mm-hmm. game will 
resolve itself for you. Like there's nothing right. that you are going to do wrong here. So I think frees people to be a little silly and a little looser with how they play it, which is yes. in this kind of game. Great. Perfect. Wow, Sean, uh, this has been great talking to you. We've been getting uh, getting to know you and getting very friendly. And you know what? Something that we we almost forgot to do at the top of this segment here. We got to make sure for our legal department that um, even though we have been getting a little friendly, we are not friends, right? We are just acquaintances. Is that true? I can confirm that we are not friends and Ooh. only acquaintances. Okay. Even after this very friendly conversation. That's nice of you to say. Thank you so much. <laughs> um <laughs> Sean, tell everybody where they can find Fake Chess and uh, Long Haul 1983 and all these other great games that you've that you've created. Absolutely. So the best place to actually find and download and buy these games, if you're feeling generous, is on my itch.io page. Um, it's just my initials, spc.itch.io. Um, or you can find me on Twitter, which is just my name, at Sean Patrick Kane. And you can look me up there too. Um, I love hearing from people who are kind of playing with these games and exploring new ways of using them. That's part of like what really excites me as a designer. So I would love to hear from folks and hear what they're doing with this stuff. Awesome. Sean, well, thank you so much. And, uh, you know, next time you want to play Fake Checkers, just hit us up and we'll, we'll, be, we'll be right there. Yeah, we'll Absolutely. collaborate with you on that one, Sean. Cool. I am really <laughs> looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thanks so much. That's been Sean Patrick Kane, everybody. Sean, see ya. See you later. It's time for uh, a different segment. Why not, right? Uh, let's... Yeah, why not, Andrew? Why don't we do more of the episode? That's what I always say. <laughs> hey, and you know what? I'm getting kind of hungry here, Pete. It's been a while. So, uh... We've been oh. doing the show for a while here, so wow, wow, wow. Well, I got a little bit of something for you, Andrew. I can't. I, unfortunately, we didn't have time to make a whole meal for you, but I do have some bottomless apps. Bottomless apps. All right, bottomless apps. I can't wait to dig in. Oh, oh, we're not talking about appetizers. We're talking about apps on your phone, on your iPhone, um, <laughs> or your mobile. If you're, your uh, mo- I don't know, somewhere. <laughs> your mobile. Uh, <laughs> So we're going to talk about uh, how we can turn this game of checkers into a hit mobile app for your phone. Or and of drafts, course, bot- you know what I mean? Drafts. It might need to be called drafts if we're Right, that might else, actually you know I mean? garner a little for more the, attention. For the international market. That's right. We'll have both. It's like checkers and rallies. It's like checkers and drafts. Um, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But anyway, uh, this is also a bottomless app, so we got to take our pants off. we got to be bottomless, so go oh, ahead. Oh, yeah, Let's, good point. Uh, Here we go. Get those pants off. Okay. All right. I am not okay. cheating you here. My my pants are all the way off here. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. Me too. Okay. Good. So and now my neighbors are looking aghast, baby. You know what I mean? <laughs> they have, usually Pete watch me live seat. on on tw- on Twitch. You know what I mean? Oh. I usually broadcast it. <laughs> I was gonna say you live in a glass house. All your walls are just uh, this is true. Through. Yeah. Yeah. This is true. Uh, constantly throwing stones, constantly having to rebuild my house like I was one of the little pigs. You know what I mean? Right. Well, because it's Which, because as in we the know, German think... version, they all are drunks. You know what I mean? Like I don't know what they they all they right. all have are addicted to heroin. You know what I mean? Right. Well, no. <laughs> right. That would be great. Well, as we know, you like throwing rocks at windows more than playing checkers. Uh, so we got to true, make Andrew. This, we got to make this game more exciting. So how can we turn this into a hit mobile app? Um, first of all, I clearly, want to say that, clearly what I think we should do, Andrew, is make a yep. window breaking app. You know what I mean? And maybe they could just have like a checkers mode within it, but 
Right, right. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, maybe that would be cool. A... Honestly, oh, wait, honestly, Andrew, I think we should make an app and it would be very fun and it would make a lot of money if you just threw rocks at windows of different houses and you could just make a bunch of different houses and wind up and throw. This is cool. I bet it already exists. Just break exists. stuff. Just like break just... stuff the app and you just break a bunch of stuff in it. I, cool. I'm almost certain. I'm almost certain that already exists. Trademark, cool trademark, it, trademark. If I'm it was calling real, trademark. if it were real video, so it was like a real picture of a real house with windows, and then like you clicked on a window, and then you saw a rock go flying towards that window and break it. That would be cool. I guess that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, um, and you could pick different like style houses to do that with. Like instead of like a cartoon house, I'm thinking like a real. So you really get okay. So the, the homeless pro- is an extremely, you know, it's a huge problem homelessness in in the U.S. And you're saying we should just kind of break the windows of houses that are, you know, could be used <laughs> to house the homeless. Okay, Andrew. Yeah, no, this sounds like a great idea, by the way. No, this is your. It's all mansions, okay, and 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 then uh, it ends okay, with now like, we're talk. Okay, now <laughs> I'm listening. <laughs> No, the person who uh, who filmed the video for the app gets arrested at the end, and you get to see that. So that's uh, that's fun. Yeah, truly uh, a hero. Let, can we get back to checkers here, please? Um, yeah, go for it, Andrew. We... Drafts, please. <laughs> drafts. Uh, Pete and I have been playing drafts on an app because I said, "Oh, this is one of those games you can get an app for." And I will. Okay, <sighs> I'm going to say this about the app that we use. It's just called Checkers. Um, it's made by Optime, which I use for a chess app to do our our uh, chess break images with which is a great app but this one is not so great um uh, i do love that you can take uh multiple days to make a move which you know i love but it's bad in every other way i mean we got to sit through we got to sit through tons of ads and it doesn't actually keep keep the correct score we have a score of zero to zero in every single game (laughs) and uh you can't see you can't see what the previous move was unless you have lightning fast reflexes because you can't like reverse the time or anything like that so i think if we add in all of these features to a checkers app already it's a lot better than the one we're using so just any of those just make it functional is all i'll say you know oh uh, i see yeah put in a little bit of effort into a checkers app that you can take multiple days to play uh a game over and uh i'm in that's all i need and it'll be the best one yeah just just make an uh, just make a checkers app that works and it will be the top of the checkers board basically yes yes i see i see that's well, all. Andrew, uh, personally, it won't surprise you to hear me say this. I don't think you can create a cool Checkers app. I don't. Oh, I think the game stinks. So I say don't even try, Andrew. Instead, just create a bad app. You know what I mean? Don't even just literally have an intern, you know, make it or whatever. You know what I mean? Just oh. make it very bad. You know what I mean? And now I see. Now I see how this app was made. You made this app that we've been playing on. Yeah, because yeah. Like, this oh, is I'll the long. <laughs> this is the long con for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I haven't been able to move on to step two because I don't have any money. Here's step two: is you pay some, you know, fifteen-year-old rich girl on TikTok to like play the app in a few of her videos or something. Because you know, TikTok uh-huh. is like the top app by far. The uh, Andrew. And so, yes. if we're trying to get on the top, let's you know, you gotta stay. You gotta be a uh, standing on the shoulders of giants here is, is how I like to call this, you know, and mm-hmm. and you and you know she like creates like the ch- checkers challenge or something like that, and she's dancing, you know, after uh, she they they king her in the app or something like that, you know what I mean? She right. dance does some dance, 
And, Andrew, as we know, if you pick some white girl and then she appropriates the dance from black artists, it'll probably go viral. Know what I mean? Oh, geez. And she'll end up on Ellen or Jimmy Fallon or something like that. You know what I mean? Because the uh, racist United States will be like, oh, cute little white girl doing these dances. You know what I mean? Or whatever. And then, uh, bam, hit mobile app. Baby checkers is suddenly on everyone's lips or whatever and and yeah. in all the and in all the uh, online articles they go what is this app that you know uh emily garonkin is uh you know hit hit new 15 year old or whatever that everybody weirdly you know creepily talks about all of a sudden you know what i mean right yeah um <laughs> As weird as it sounds, that's actually not a bad strategy, I'll say, and a sad commentary on the state of things these days. Uh, so, good job. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Andrew. Um, although, I, I will also say in this, maybe we should put a legal disclaimer on this segment as well, because, uh, you know, I, I want to say that the app for Checkers Restaurant is actually it's probably pretty good and pretty functional, I would say. I haven't looked at it, but uh, I'm sure it's great. Good point. This is not any kind of commentary on the official Checkers Rally app or whatever. That's right. That's right. Yeah, which the app is exactly the same as the Rallies app, I should say. And it's no difference. Yeah, good point. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. That's interesting. I wonder if um, what it's called, actually, honestly. If there are two separate apps or they have just one app for both of them. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to look it up, but viewers, hit us up on social media and let us know if there's two separate apps or if it's just <laughs> one app, baby. <laughs> We're at, at to play that pod on uh, Twitter and... Uh, Two can play that game podcast on Instagram. You'll probably have to get a uh, someone else international, like from Europe, uh, on TikTok to do like a drafts challenge dance and do that one because I'm sure you're, you're gonna need you're gonna need to make this worldwide. So yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Good job, though. Thanks, um, Andrew. <laughs> that makes me happy. Which is the opposite of furious. Uh, oh, Andrew, that reminds me. Two copies, not furious. Two copies, not furious. Yeah, two copies, not furious. So you ordered two copies of the game of Checkers? Ah, no problem. What can you do with the other one that you're not using to play Checkers? Um, which, by the way, I feel like I'm pretty sure I have like three copies of Checkers right here next to me in my closet. So, oh, yeah. Uh, this, is a, this is a common problem that a lot of people have. Yes, yes, yes. Very true. Um, okay, I'm gonna rattle off my list of ideas that you what things that you could do with your second set of checkers. You ready for this? Okay, and mine's probably on it, so go ahead. Uh, you could play backgammon with it. You could play yes. Connect Four with it. You could oh, yes. uh, maybe mark them up with a marker, and you could play chess. Um, True. You you could flip them like a coin. That might be fun. Heads or tails, right? That might be a little bit more mm -hmm. fun than playing playing checkers as much mm -hmm. as i've been defending this game it is not my favorite game to play and all those sound better to me so there you go ah i see now andrew is that your whole list yeah you got more well i, I didn't i didn't hear you say uh, you know use them as cool spot action figures on there you must have oh. uh, forgot to say that one andrew you of remember cool spot the seven up mascot for for Do days it was just a red dot with sunglasses and like hands and legs and stuff yeah, and I specifically remember Cool Dot in the Christmas commercial for Seven Up. He was wait, sliding Cool along. Dot or Cool? No, I think it's Cool Spot, isn't it? Sorry, you're right. I said Cool Dot. I meant Cool Spot. Let me say that. You again. must be. That's probably the British version of Cool Spot. <laughs> know what I mean? Well, cool they dot. served. They, yes, it is. But they also they served um, 
they serve seven up with cool dot at rallies, you know, and they serve the ah, cool that's what it at is. Checkers. Yes, it's like um, an RC in, cola type thing, yeah. right? In England, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, anyway, right. um, <laughs> no, I specifically remember the the Christmas commercial for Seven Up with Cool Spot because he was like sliding down a, he was like sliding down like a long slide and like jumping in the window and on the Christmas tree and knocking stuff over. Uh, I remember this because we had a uh, VHS recording of the Mickey's Christmas Carol with all the commercials. So I have some very specific, which, of course, I watched a million times. Okay, wait. Uh, no, I'm I'm sorry. Let me just go ahead and uh, make sure I'm hearing this correctly, Andrew. So you pirated uh, off of, you know, a, a broadcast <laughs> free, free television Disney network? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. So, okay. And how you feel about that? That's good. You think that that's something that was legal and you could do? <laughs> Yeah, uh, I think actually, as long as I didn't sell it to anybody. Just currently, or... currently looking up the statute of limitations <laughs> on, uh, you know. Well, I was a kid. The, my, uh, my... Mickey Mouse Christmas Carol back in the '80s or whatever. Yeah, it was in the '80s, and I do remember uh, a lot of the commercials from it um, mm. that were on there very specifically. Well, I remember Cool Spot the most from a Game Boy game that they made really? for Cool Spot. Can you believe that? They went so far as to make a video game of Cool Spot. That's how that's how much he was a part of, you know, the world back then. Now, I don't think he, you know, anybody no. under the age of 30 or whatever even remember, knows what we're talking about. But Cool Spot was the mascot <laughs> for 7 Up. They took the the red dot uh, in the literally the logo in the font for seven up and made it into a mascot which was just simply a red dot with sunglasses you know what i mean and they gave him like legs and arms and stuff and he just walked around as a spot and quite frankly it looks like a red checker piece andrew so now you got a t- yeah. now you got like 12 you know cool spot action figures so sell those to some kids you know kids or actually better yet just hand them out for free to some kids at like a middle school back in 1990 you know what i mean <laughs> Um, oh, sorry. This does involve a you know time machine. Uh, and tell them, hey, this is Cool Spot, and they go, oh, I know Cool Spot from the Christmas commercial, and also that from my pirated you know copy of Mickey Mouse, you know, and also from the Game Boy game, you know. Uh, so they're happy, and then you sell them small sunglasses to put on them. Sell being the uh, word, the main word there, because you already have them hooked by giving them the free action figure, and then you make money off the sunglasses. So it's kind of like an, the original in-app purchase. You know what I mean? Yeah, I love that. Um, I wonder what ever happened to Cool Spot. I guess we'll never know. Yeah, heroin. There's, there's pro- <laughs> I was going to say there's probably a bunch of YouTube videos explaining what happened to Cool Spot, but yeah, we can go with that. Yeah. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. Great. Uh, <laughs> his he got he had a stand up. Uh, he it, it, you can search for a clip of his stand up on YouTube, and it went pretty sour pretty quick. He had some pretty uh, you know questionable views on things. It's been canceled. Like like, like an old Seven Up, it was a little flat. Yeah, okay. <laughs> his takes were a little flat. You know what I mean? He he yep. was from the uh, '80s or whatever. So you know. That's right. That's right. It and and it is it is canon that uh, Cool Spot's favorite uh, comedian was. Andrew uh, Dice Clay, you know what I mean? So, Pete, um, we have officially established that two could play this game, but should they? Two could play this game, but 
Should they? Good question, Andrew. How sure are we that two people should play this game? And let's put a number on it from 0% sure to 100% sure that two people should play the game of checkers. Andrew, start us off. <sighs> okay, this is the moment in the show when we're going to finally, all this is going to come to a head. All right. Uh, like I've been saying the whole time, checkers is not fun. It is tedious and there's not that much to it. Uh, there's no personality to the game at all. But there is a fair bit of strategy. I feel similarly to... I, I like Checkers probably even a little more than Connect 4, actually. Uh, it's similar to Connect 4, where there's just nothing to it very much. But there is some strategy. You can learn and get better at this game. And you can... If you practice, you can beat people at it. So I do like that. Um... So, I will say, I will give this one a 58% sure the two people should Oh, my lord, Andrew. Yep. Do not it's tell me you're playing. giving this a 58%. 58. It's worth playing. Ooh, okay, Andrew. It is not worth playing. I gave it a 10%. I'm 10% oh. sure that two people should play the game of checkers, Andrew. No one has to At play least... this game. You know what I mean? No, everybody Maybe. should at least say you played it once in your life. No, I mean, no, no. Ten percent of people are big enough nerds and have nothing going on, and they can go ahead and play checkers. Everybody else, no, you, don't worry about it. Checkers is the most well, boring game in the world, Andrew. It's not the worst game. I don't give it a zero, but yeah. it is definitely the most boring game for sure. For all you checkers nerds who tuned in to our one episode about checkers, and you've already tuned out because of all Pete's uh, naysaying, I will say that Pete has given other games 0%, so I have. Uh, at least there's that. So at least he I likes have, it I a have. little bit. Speaking of which, Andrew, let's jump right into the leaderboard then. Leaderboard. <sighs> okay, so you gave it a low score of 10 I gave it a correct score of 58. Now that's <laughs> not our final. That's not our final official score. We're going to average those two out. So we got to punch it into a calculator here. Do some advanced math. And we're going to come up with an average score of 34 percent sure. We are official. 34 percent sure that two people should play the game of checkers, aka wow. drafts. Wow! Yep. Wow! 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 Andrew, that puts it uh, squarely in between Nefotafel, which was Viking chess, if you remember correctly, and Robin of Loxley, which was a big old goose egg that, um, you know, our, our boy Uwe made. Um, and Andrew, this is nuts because you gave it a 58, which means you officially put checkers above things that I did, like Connect Four and Battleship and Guess Who. And Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone Quidditch card game. Those are all very bad. Very, very bad. Um, yeah. I actually had Guess Who above it because, I, you know me, I love if there's humans involved in it and they got some funny faces, you kind of got me hooked. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. And honestly, I would rather even play Robin of Loxley. I mean, you know, it's not good, but no. I would definitely rather play that than Checkers for sure. No. But no. here's the thing, Andrew. You would rather play Checkers than some other things here that is very interesting to me. You'd rather play it than Nefetoffel. You'd rather play it than Mandala, even. Sam Turner from yes. Staying In going crazy. <laughs> Hugh Aquarola going crazy. They both love that game. Previous guests no. who have expressed their love, they're going to hear you saying checkers over that, and they are going to yep. absolutely fire a missile at you, Andrew, from Listen, their checkers, respective, uh, you know. Checkers has the ability to be relaxing, okay? I can relax a little bit when I'm playing checkers, if, I, if you're playing in person. 
You uh, are Mandala. insane, my friend. No, Mastermind, Mandala. you put it over? <laughs> oh, okay. Well, Math- Glasgow? Glasgow, Andrew? Yes. How dare yeah, that- you? These are not relaxing games. These are, uh, I don't like... These are like, well-made games, and Checkers uh, is... Is a, is a, just not your cup of tea. It's just, uh, you just don't yeah. want to, you, you just don't want to okay. think about the strategy. That's, there's a strategy there. There's strategy, yeah, I am, it's kind of I am, Yeah, I am afraid of, you know, uh, of getting better at, at Checkers. You're right. I am, uh, I don't have what it takes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> What are you scared? No, and, Andrew, Andrew, giving me a, nug, a noogie and uh, pulling my underwear up over my head and being like, uh, Nef- "Yeah, you chicken." Nef- you know what I mean? I again, I I never look at this leaderboard before I give a score. Nefetafel, mm, maybe I would rather play Nefetafel than this. I'm not sure, hmm. uh, but yeah, Mandala. No, I I um, I think that's one's way too confrontational. And uh, I don't I don't enjoy that one as much. But uh, more confrontation than the one where you literally jump over and capture your people's pieces. All yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> it's too stressful, man. Yeah, too stressful. it is. It is. It is. But it's good. Checkers, it's, much, it's so much better. No, checkers is a little. It's it checkers. It's it's on a similar. Well, okay. Oh, jeez. Now I'm gonna say stuff that I regret. It's a similar. It's not the same level, okay. But it's a it's a similar kind of feeling to playing chess, where you have where you have to think a few moves ahead. And, uh, you know, think if I do this, then, okay, then that one's going to be gone, and then he can take this one, and then what, the, uh-huh. what am I going to do after that one? Oh, so okay, so it's, checkers it's, and chess yeah. are the same game to you? Interesting. Uh, no, interesting not, that you said not that. That's not what I said. That's and not what I said. You know, and that's it's not, preserved forever on recording. Interesting, huh? Not at all what I said. And Robin of Loxley is just, I'm sorry, it's a bad game. It's not... Uh, well, yes, it's true, not, but, you know. <laughs> it's not that fun. And it, well, I, that one got a lower score probably because it was just so disappointing. We were pumped up for that one, and it was like, oh, yeah, is that is true. There was some of that built into that. Yeah. Well, Andrew, that just lands it squarely at twenty sixth on our list right now on our leaderboard. Um, that's a good spot for it, you know. It's definitely down there. At Thirty. Uh, what do we say? Twenty six out of thirty one currently. So it's yeah. it's it's down near the bottom and it is good. well below nephotophel nephotophel is a 54 and our well, checkers is 34 so yeah thanks to me you know what i mean 20 points down there right thanks to you <laughs> andrew so speaking you, of me. speaking of thanks to me i gotta ask you am i cool no wait wait a minute the segment's called are we cool are we cool it's been so long. It's been, you know, 10 years since we released our last episode that you forgot yeah. what this segment's called. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, are we cool? Are we, <laughs> after we play in this game, are we still cool? How much did our friendship uh, change? How much did, how many points did our friendship go up or down? What do you think? Andrew, we haven't seen each other in 10 years. We get together. The first thing we do, <laughs> we, sh- uh, we sit down. We don't even look at each other. We, we don't even shake hands or hug. <laughs> <laughs> we're asking each other how our families are doing. We sit down, we play checkers. So how we doing? Know what I mean? <laughs> you're right. You're right. Um, I said uh, minus two. Uh, yeah. I don't. I don't like that you didn't like it, and it's really not that. Uh, if I'm playing with somebody in a little more relaxed, so, you know what it was actually. We played on this app. I think if we played, we had a nice serene setting. We just kind of played like that one reviewer said. We just played casually. Uh, in a, a zen garden, you and I playing checkers. Yeah, maybe on a Cracker Barrel porch. They always had the, checkers. The set monks up there. peeking out of the doors of the of the you know um, building, the monastery, watching us play checkers and just shaking their head and going, "Wow, that seems like the most boring thing in the world." <laughs> 
We could be uh, on. Have you ever played checkers at Cracker Barrel? You ever read Cracker Barrel? They have a uh, rocking no, chairs in the front. Cracker Barrel once, and uh, it was all right. Yeah, it was fine. Um, I remember they have rocking chairs on the front porch, and usually checkers set up there. It's kind of relaxing, and you just trying to pass a little time okay it's not it's not the greatest yeah. game ever but it's, half, it's half the reviews online for this game reference the fact that it's fine to play while you're waiting for your table at cracker barrel <laughs> <laughs> they're like it's all right uh, i mean it kills time while you're waiting for cracker barrel table so but playing with you pete Steele, my only friend no we are not yeah. cool after this it was just not fun no no of course not i i only went down by one point because you know it's still playing games uh you know with my only friend uh and i right. like that you like it so hey uh, but no. it is bad. So down by one point. That's what I say, Andrew. So so we're in net minus three, I guess. So we're not cool. So uh, we're well, not cool one, right one, now. We, so keep that in mind for next week, Andrew. <laughs> one episode in, and we're already not cool. So who knows if there'll be an episode two on this season? We don't know. <laughs> that's right. Uh, and li- and <laughs> listeners, uh, we want you to keep us in mind for next week and tune in next time, unless you get another friend. Yeah, that's right. In which case, you're going to want to tune into a different podcast. It's called A One and a Two and a Three. That's right. That's the podcast, Andrew, about three-player board games that also gets into depth about uh, time signatures in music. Yeah, they're right, right. They should honestly just kind of focus on one of those things. I feel like this is kind of like, you know, yeah. split personality on that. There's yeah. a lot of three... A lot of three four time, a lot of waltzes going on in that podcast. Right, which, right, or know. three three time because it's three player board games, and I wow, don't know if that really is a time signature. But uh, that would there, be there are, I, well, there aren't third notes, I guess, right? Well, you could do uh, like a one and a half and a one and a half. Oh, I don't know, is a three three time signature a thing? I've never seen it before. I don't think so because I think uh, what's the the bottom one is the notes, right? So it's like a quarter note or like a sixteenth note or an eighth note, but I don't think there are it's, third notes. It's whatever right? whatever type of note gets the beat. Yeah. So uh, and then the first one is how many in a measure? Is three three t- a time signature? Pop up up. Three three is a triple meter where each measure is made up of three half notes. Wow. Marked as marked as triplets. Yeah, triplets are that I never really understood. Oh wow. Triplet, triplet, triplet. We'll never see a time signature like that. It's, it's rather silly. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean?